Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast. Here, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You already know who you're listening to, the wonderful host, Miller Thomas, a current student at the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism. Only have a couple more months before I graduate, so please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, for segment number one, we got a jam-packed show as always. For segment number one, we're going to be talking about uh, the new off-season acquisition relief pitcher Hector Rendon. Talk about how he did in 2019 and what he could provide for the team in 2020. And then for segment number two today, it's Where We At Wednesday. So I'll take a look at how the D-backs are faring now through two uh, two weeks of uh, spring training baseball. But first, if your company is interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 to 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. Now, let's jump right into segment number one. We're talking about Hector Rondon, who just signed this offseason with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Got a uh, only a one-year deal with the, with the D-backs. It's only about $3 million with a with a $2.5 million salary as your base and then a $500,000 opt out and then there's a club option for next season so that all depends if he plays well with the D-backs of course uh Hector Rondon was drafted in a two, in the 2012 Rule 5 draft by the Chicago Cubs he's only 31 years old right now he spent 5 seasons with the Cubs and he spent the last two seasons with the with those uh, pesky Houston Astros that's right, those cheating Astros. So we know his uh, his rings are a little fraudulent, but he, it's all right. He's a D-back now, so we'll look past that. We'll sweep that under the rug. But uh, if we look at uh, Hector Rondon's last season with the Astros, he had 60 innings pitched, or 60 innings pitched, 3.71 ERA. He had a career low 7.1 strikeouts per nine, and his walks per nine was... 3.0, so that was a little bit on the high side. And uh, <clears throat> Hector Rondon, <coughs> excuse me, I'm just dying over here. Hector Rondon has some uh, closing experience, and that could really come into uh, come into come in handy for the Arizona Diamondbacks. I've always said that I thought the weakest part of the D-backs roster and their team construction right now. There's probably the back end of their bullpen. I don't know if there's really a guy that I trust back there. You got Archie Bradley. Uh, he has some closing, closing experience. He closed some games last year with the D-backs. And uh, he was pretty effective last year. But I don't know if I trust him as a true shutdown inning, ninth inning kind of guy. So maybe Hector Rondon could be that for the D-backs in 2020. He has a lot of closing experience under his belt. Uh, from 2014 to 2016, 
He saved 87 games for the Cubs. Uh, he even saved some games for the Astros. So he has a lot of closing experience under his belt. Last year, he was primarily as a reliever. He had the third most innings pitched on the uh, Houston Astros. So he can always be used as a closer if needed, if Archie Bradley struggles, gets injured, or if we just feel like we need a, a new guy, a new arm back there uh, just because it's not working. If we look at his splits from last season, Hector Rondon uh, pitched pretty well before the All-Star break. His zero ray was a 3.0 flat, but in that second half, it rose all the way to 4.55. So we saw a big difference in how he pitched in the first half versus the second half, and a lot of it could be contributed to the, the amount he threw his sinker. He threw his sinker at a career-high rate last year, way more than he used to. He was primarily primarily a fastball slider kind of guy, really a two-pitch kind of guy. His uh, fastball really hasn't lost anything over the last few seasons. It still sits at 97 miles per hour, so very lively. And that whenever you can get in those high 90s, you can really put guys away with that. So he's really relied on his fastball throughout the majority of his career. He's never had elite command or a location on his fastball, but when you can blow it by, guys, with 97 miles an hour, you don't always have to have great command. You just got to hit your spots and be timely with it. And then he would throw that slider as that off-speed pitch to keep guys off balance. But primarily last season, he took that sinker up a notch, and it didn't fare well for uh, Hector Rondon. We saw his contact rate go to a career high form, and his swinging strike rate was below league average for the first time. So what does that mean exactly? Players are making contact more than ever when they were facing Hector Rondon, and whenever Rondon was throwing strikes, they were hitting it as a higher rate than ever before. So overall, hitters were just getting better. We're just getting better contact against Rondon. We're just hitting for a better average. And we saw that. That's why his numbers were getting worse throughout the season because he was throwing that sinker more throughout the season. And with the with the advent of the sinker becoming more of a pitch for him, we saw his numbers get worse, and we saw the 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 batters getting better and getting more comfortable against Rondon. If we just look at the splits for for uh, when he was ahead in the count versus when he was behind in the count, whenever batters were ahead in the count, they hit two seventy nine. Had a 4.43 OBP, but vice versa, Rondon uh, kept hitters to a 107 average and a 118 on base percentage when uh, he was ahead in the count. So that just goes to show you that Rondon needs to be ahead of the count. Too many times, he, too many times he fell behind the hitter and he started throwing that sinker a little bit more to maybe produce a ground ball. But it didn't work for him. We saw his uh, we saw his line drive rate really go up, and that's where hitters really took advantage of Hector Rondon. Whenever they got line drives, they were batting over 400 against Hector Rondon, and that was just no good. When you take that and combine it with the increasing walk rate, it just it just makes for a, a nasty combination. You don't want to have that contact rate increasing. And then you're also struggling to even put guys out when you fall behind in the count. The, the batters are getting better. They're hitting for a higher average. And then you're walking more. So all that is just a combination for nastiness. 
but he was still able to be pretty effective on the year. Still had that 3.71 ERA, so he goes to show you that he can still be a good pitcher. I mean, as I said before, he had only a 3.0 ERA in the first half, so he was still effective for most of the year. He finished the year with a 3.71 ERA. So if he could go back to the pitcher that was in the first half and the second half, then I think he'll be okay. And the D-backs play a lot of early games. I feel like they play a lot more early games than the typical team, at least at least from my perspective. And uh, that actually fares well for Rondon. Rondon, this is just kind of a funny stat, but his ERA at night was a 4.04 ERA, but during the day it was, it was 2.31. So he was a pretty much a different guy. You can say he was different uh, in the night and day when he was pitching. So uh, the D-backs here do play a lot of early games during the week. They like to do this, uh, you know, uh, have this thing for people who work during the week, give you like a noon a noon game if you want to go catch lunch and catch the game at noon. The D-backs like to do like a noon matinee for games where it's half price games. So I think that's where Rondon's going to be really effective during those weekly day games. I think we can see Rondon pitch very well, pitch very effectively. And I think he'll be a key cog in the back end of the bullpen for the D-backs in the 2020 MLB season. Now you guys are going to want to stay tuned for segment number two today because it's where are we at Wednesday? So I'll take a look at how the D-backs are faring through the first couple of weeks of spring training after this quick message. <clears throat> if you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that the Locked On Diamondbacks is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Diamondback fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. And not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Diamondback fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your podcast right here on the Locked On Diamondbacks. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve locked on advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Segment number two today. It's Wednesday, so that means where we at Wednesdays. Wow, that was beautiful. So for where we at Wednesdays, we're just going to take a look at how the D-backs are faring through their first couple weeks of spring training. Last where we at Wednesday had you through, I think, the first four games of spring training. So now we'll just jump around the games and just take, uh, talk about some takeaways from this past week. So in their most recent game, the D-backs played uh, the Royals, and they lost 6-4. to four. Now the D-backs are dead last in the Cactus League with a 2-8 record, and they are just sliding right now. The offense was a little bit better to the, Royal, uh, to the Royals, 
That was the first time they scored more than two runs entering the ninth inning during this losing streak. So the offense has just been sputtering during this spring training, and the pitching hasn't been any better. Uh, Luke Weaver pitched in that game against the Royals. He gave up two more runs. He walked the first two batters he saw, and he had 38 pitches, 23 for strikes. So that's just not good enough, Luke Weaver. I know you're coming off injury, so we'll give you a little bit of a reprieve. It's still spring training, but we need to see you pick it up. We have you slated as that number three starter probably right now, but you might be moving back in that rotation if you keep pitching like this. We know you had some forearm issues last year. We want to make sure you're fully healthy. Tori Lavello has you on a little bit of a pitch uh, limit in spring training, but I need to see you at full strength and pitching effectively once uh, the regular season starts rolling around because you're a critical piece to what the D-backs want to accomplish in the 2020 MLB season. And then also in that same game, we saw Jas Rojas hit a two-run home run, so that's always good. And then fan favorite Alex Caruso, a.k.a. Tim LaCastro, uh, was hit by another pitch. Uh, so that just goes to show you he's just going just gonna to continue that pace he had last year being hit by pitches. So I just think that's such a, such a funny tidbit that Tim LaCastro keeps hitting, keeps getting hit by pitches. And then in that recent loss to the Indians, it was a 10-6 loss. We saw uh, Zach Gallen have his first up-and-down appearance. Uh, the first two innings were flawless for Zach Gallen. Had no base runners. But that third inning, uh, it got away from him a little bit. He had a walk, then a hit-by-pitch, and then he gave up a third, uh, gave up a home run. So that third inning was a little bit of a struggle for him. Still finished the game with four Ks. Zach Gallon talked about how it was the first time he had a pitch from the stretch, first time he had a base runner all spring training. So he said it was like a foreign territory for him, you know. He said he actually used the words culture shock just because it was the first time all spring training he had anybody on base, and that just goes to show you how well he's been pitching this spring training. And still, it was only one mistake he had. Obviously, it was a three-run home run, but it was still only one mistake he had. So, so far, still think Zach Allen's still having a pretty good spring training. I still like his chances to make the starting rotation for the Arizona D-backs. Merrill Kelly pitched in that loss to the Giants, and uh, he went 2.2 innings, only gave up one run. So, that's a lot better than what we saw from his debut. Uh, he, so, he pitched pretty well. Pretty glad to see that. Mer- uh, Merrill Kelly's still going to be vying for that fifth rotation spot as well. I haven't been a fan of Merrill Kelly. I don't think I want to see him in that fifth rotation spot. I've been saying that a lot. But I think he's still been pitching good enough to be a relief pitcher out the bullpen as that long reliever because that's why I projected Taylor Clark as well. So if those two are your long relievers, I really like that. I really like Merrill Kelly out of my bullpen. He is a veteran even though this is only his second season. Being 31 makes you a veteran, and he has uh, not too much major league experience, but he has a lot of real-life experience under his belt. And I think that will help him persevere through a tough uh, 162-game MLB season. Taylor Clark gave up six earned runs in that loss to the Dodgers. Somehow made it through 2.2 innings pitch, but six earned runs, that is not good enough. That brings uh, Taylor Clark's earned runs to nine total on the season now. So Taylor Clark, you're pitching your way, not just out of the rotation, 
maybe a spot on the roster. The Diamondbacks legitimately have eight or nine guys who could be a starter or a long relief guy. And Taylor Clark, you're not making this case easy for yourself. I wanted to see you as a long reliever for the D-backs. I didn't think you could be probably a fifth starter, but as a long reliever, still only 26, uh, 26 years old, hell yeah, you, hell yeah, you could be a, a, a back-end, or not back-end bullpen guy, but long relief guy. But you're not going to do it if you just keep giving up all these earned runs. You really need to bring that down and just get that confidence back. I want to see you do well because you're going to be important to the D-backs. If there's any injuries in that starting rotation or guys struggle, you're going to be one of the first guys off the pine to come in and right the wrong that they were causing. So Taylor Clark, let's please pick it up and get back to that uh, form that we saw in the minors and the form and the potential that we know that you can be from the flashes that we saw at the end of last season. And then uh, free, and then uh, just overall during spring training, the, the D-back just haven't looked too well. As I said, the offense has been sputtering. The pitching hasn't been too good. But as always, the bright spot for the D-backs, Ketel Marte. Uh, during, uh, during the five games Ketel Marte has played, he's got 13 at-bats and has had a batting average of 385, three RBIs and one home run. So Ketel Marte has been everything we've needed from him this spring training, a 429 OBP. So Ketel Marte has continued that hot stretch he had last season. He's showing so far, at least in spring training, that the 2019 MLB season wasn't a fluke, and Ketel Marte is going to continue to play well, and I really think he's going to be a continued force in the 2020 MLB season. I really think he's going to continue that MVP MVP candidacy. He was top four in voting last season. I think he's going to be right around there again next season. If the D-backs finish with at least 90 wins, I think Ketel Marte will probably be top three, maybe top two, maybe even win the MVP depending on how the D-backs finish this season. But I definitely love how Ketel Marte is playing this spring. And he's been one of the only bright spots for the for the D-backs in spring training so far. But if the D-backs can get some pitching to go their way, then they can start finally stringing some wins together in spring training. But we haven't seen any signs of life in that area really uh, too much from their pitchers. But hopefully, uh, with now 10 games under their belt, they can finally start uh, getting it together. Now, thank you to everyone who tuned in to today's podcast. We had a great Where Are We At Wednesdays. You guys are going to want to tune back in for uh, tomorrow because it's going to be theme Thursdays. So send me your guys topics, questions, and I'll address them on the pod. Just tweet me, Locked On Diamondbacks, or email me, Locked On Diamondbacks at gmail.com, and I will answer all your guys' questions and topics on the air. Thank you to everyone who tuned into to who uh, tuned into today's podcast, and come back tomorrow so you could get all that info and more D backs inside knowledge and tips. Peace.